You're listening to the FC Young Adult Podcast. I absolutely am so honored and privileged to be a part of this ministry. And whew, I might get a little bit emotional, just a heads up. Um, as I was just sitting in the back and just and worshiping, and as we were just worshiping, I just kept on being so overwhelmed by the fact that God is for us, not against us, over and over and over again. And I, if you will ever get to know me, one of the things that I love and that um, I'm very much... Um, yeah, just super into is spending time with Jesus at the beginning of every year and just asking him, hey, what are you doing this year? And it's no coincidence that it's still January, that it's only the first month. And I feel like 2022 is going to be colored with a lot of wonderful things. And that includes young adults. Um, I recently saw this thing come across Instagram as you do. That's like, oh, if you just like look up the highest grossing film the year that you were born, that's how your 2022 is going to go. So obviously I looked it up, Abby, and I looked mine up and for 1996, the highest grossing film was Independence Day. <laughs> I was like, interesting, cool, that's interesting. But I, I don't usually do this, but in the moment when I read that, I was like, gosh, I just really feel like that is kind of spiritually connected, that the Lord is letting freedom ring over our circumstances, over our struggles, over our, di- over our difficulties and the things that have tripped us up. That is what 2022 is going to be about. That is what 2022 is going to be about. It is Independence Day. Let's go. Woo! Okay. Woo! Okay, so that had nothing to do with tonight, but that's a freebie, so you're welcome. Awesome. Well, I am just so excited to be here and um, just to hear and see what God has to say. And so will you guys just join me in prayer? King Jesus, we love you. And um, gosh, Lord, it's so good to know that you're for us, not against us, that you want good things for us. Lord, that freedom is going to ring over the things that we have faced in the last year, and that 2022 is going to be colored with your goodness. And so, Father, tonight, I just ask for open hearts and open ears. Lord, I ask that I would just be an empty vessel that you want to fill. And King Jesus, I just want to praise your name and lift you high because you are good and because you're worthy. We love you, Lord. Amen. 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 So over the last couple of weeks, Evan has been walking through um, Ruth, and for the last couple of chapters, I have just absolutely loved the perspective, and I've actually never heard um, any sermon series based off of Ruth, and I've never actually spoken on a sermon series on Ruth, so I'm actually really excited to just continue this moving forward. Um, But one of the things that I have just been like super um, impacted by when it comes to Ruth is that Ruth is filled with parallels. And it's filled with parallels with our relationship with God. It's filled with parallels on how we should live our lives. And last week, Evan specifically said one thing that really stuck out to me. And he said, God cares intimately about where we are right now. And I really believe that, that he cares about where we are right now, what we face right now, how we are struggling right now, and how we are living our lives. And so throughout this entire book, it's just, it's, it's small, it's only four chapters, but it really packs a punch. And so I'm really excited. Let's just dig in. So in Ruth chapter three, verses one through four, it says this. One day Naomi said to Ruth, my daughter, It's time that I found a permanent home for you so that you will be provided for. 
Boaz is a close relative of ours, and he's been very kind by letting you gather grain with his young women. Tonight, he will be winnowing barley at the threshing floor. Now do as I tell you, take a bath and put on perfume and dress in your nicest clothes. Then go to the threshing floor, but don't let Boaz see you until he has finished eating and drinking. Be sure to notice where he lies down, then go and uncover his feet and lie down there. He will tell you what to do. My first point tonight is, are you still wearing the garments of your past life? Are you still wearing the garments of your past life? See, I love with Naomi in this specific part. She's not willing to stay stuck in her mourning and in her bitterness, which is a very different tune from the beginning of Ruth. At the beginning of Ruth, uh, Naomi says, call me Mara, which means bitter, because of all of the things that had happened in her life. And she, her, her tune has kind of shifted because she loves Ruth and wants to find uh, provision and, and a place and, for her to be provided for. And so at first, what Naomi says to Ruth, this statement is kind of weird. Like Naomi's like, make sure you shower, make sure you put on perfume because you're going to go catch a husband. Like that seems a little off. Like there's something off colored about that. But in reality, that's not what it was about. The book of Ruth was written in, um, in between 1375 and 1050 BC. And during that specific time frame, it was very important what you wore. So when you were in mourning, when you were grieving, your clothes, the garments that you wore, reflected what was going on in your life. And so it was as if Naomi was looking at Ruth and was saying, it's time to put away your past and step boldly into your future. God is for you, not against you. It's time to put away the garments of your past. As I was thinking through this whole thing, if I put myself in Ruth's shoes, if I put myself in her place, she had lost her husband, she had lost her father-in-law, she had lost her brother-in-law, and she lost her homeland. She went to a place that was unfamiliar to her. If I was in her shoes, I would be mentally ill because thinking about all of that grief and that despair that she had to walk through, I cannot imagine how comfortable it must have been to stay in those clothes of mourning. How comfortable it must have been to say, no, I've got to hold on to this. No, I've got to hold on to my past. I don't want to change. I don't want to change. But it was important. It was important for her to throw off the things of the past and step boldly into her future. How applicable is that to our lives? How many of us are still clinging to things from our past that are not going to be a part of our future? How many things is God trying to say, will you trust me, will you let that go, will you step out in faith because I have good things in store for you, but we wanna hold on to it because it's comfortable Honestly, he might be creating an opportunity for us to rise to the occasion and not settle for less than his plan. So are you still wearing those garments of your past life? And is it now time to surrender to him, to be washed clean, to step boldly into his promises? In Ruth verses five through six, it says this, I will do everything you say, Ruth replied. So she went down to the threshing floor that night and followed the instructions of her mother-in-law. My second point is, are you acting out of trust or pride? Are you acting out of trust or pride? 
See, family was very different in the time frame of Ruth, and it was not common for a foreigner like Ruth to go with someone that was not related to her by blood. But I think it's so important for us to catch this, that even though Ruth was unfamiliar with the laws and the customs and the traditions of Naomi, she trusted the character of Naomi enough to go and act on what she has told her to do. You see, I think in, in my life, as I was reflecting on this and how Ruth was so quick to just go and say, okay, yeah, Naomi, I'm gonna follow after you, no big deal. I have thought about, I thought about all the different people in my life that God has placed meticulously, placed particularly for my life in wisdom and in direction and in pointing. And how many of them, I actually trusted what they said to me. I trusted that they, they had my best intention at heart and followed what they wanted, followed what they told me would be a good idea. And how many of them I didn't? How many of them I walked in pride? How many of them I said, you know what, I'm actually smarter than you, so it's not a big deal. Like I just decided, okay, let me just gonna go the way that I want to go. And I think that it is a direct reflection of my relationship with God too. There are seasons of time in my life, in our lives, where God speaks to us. He says, go this way. And it's out of risky faith that I trust him and I step out and I go that way even if I don't understand the outcome, even if I don't understand where he's taking me. And there are a lot of other seasons where I said, you know what, I don't really want to. I don't really feel like it, so I'm gonna go this way instead. Are there people in your life that the Lord's trying to speak through? Are there people in your life that God's trying to say, hey, listen, pay attention. I'm trying to speak through them. I'm trying to show you the direction that you need to go. And are you willing to trust them Are you willing to be humble and to step out in faith in that? Where are you at with that? Are you willing willing to step out in faith? It continues on in verses 7 through 11. And it says, After Boaz had finished eating and drinking and was in good spirits, he lay down at the far end of the pile of grain and went to sleep. Then Ruth came quietly, uncovered his feet, and lay down. Around midnight, Boaz suddenly woke up and turned over. He was surprised to find a woman lying at his feet. Who are you, he asked. I am your servant, Ruth, she replied. Spread the corner of your covering. Sorry, that got me. Spread the corner of your covering over me, for you are my family redeemer. The Lord bless you, my daughter, Boaz exclaimed. You are showing even more family loyalty now than you did before. For you have not gone after a younger man, whether rich or poor, Now don't worry about a thing, my daughter. I will do what is necessary for everyone in town knows you are a virtuous woman. Okay, I'm just gonna pause for like two seconds and think about this. Um, I'm just gonna go out on a limb here and say that the best way to find a husband or wife is not doing that, okay? If you go to someone's house and sneak into their home, uncover their footsies and lay down at their feet. I'm just gonna go out on a limb and say that's not the best decision for you. I get it, I get it, okay? Singleness is hard, we've all been there. We can start a support group, sure, let's, let's do that. But please, like, and, and honestly, I'm 90% certain that the Lord won't tell you to do that. I'm reserving 10% because he did it with Ruth. Um, but I don't think you're Ruth. So I'm just like, heads up, the Lord may tell you that he may tell you to do something odd, but I'm pretty sure it's not gonna be that, okay? Just please, please don't be creepy, okay? Let's just not go there. Thank you. (laughs) 
<laughs> my third point tonight is what do you need to lay at the feet of your redeemer? What do you need to lay at the feet of your redeemer? Man, I'm a big fan of parallels, and I'm so grateful that we're walking through this book because it, it's very encouraging to know that God has spoken and he has acted through his word, through the Bible, but he also continues to speak and act in our lives today, that he is still active, that he is still vocal in our lives. And I love that because with Ruth, it's easy to see those parallels with us. I love how Ruth specifically went to the feet of her redeemer in vulnerability and honesty. In vulnerability and honesty, she went and stated her case before her redeemer and then her redeemer spoke into that. Boaz calls her my daughter. And when I first read this, I was like, okay, if you guys are gonna get married, I just don't think you should call her my daughter anymore. Like, I was like, that's a little odd, but I mean, cool. But I looked up actually what the meaning of when he says my daughter, and it actually means that he was calling her something that immediately translated to you already have an absolute value to me as if you were my own family. He was translating that value to her going, I already view you as my own family. I already care for you as my own family. So he blesses her as a valued family member. Then he speaks of her character. And this is one of the most beautiful parts because he does not see her as a widow. He does not see her as a foreigner. He does not see her as a, a piece of property for his possession. He sees her for her character, her nobility, her honesty, her humility. He sees her for who she truly is. In, in my life, I can point to multiple times where I have had to run to the feet of my Redeemer. And I've had to run to the feet of my Redeemer when I have been broken, when I have been ashamed, when I have been beat down and discouraged. Moments when I took a dark path and I needed light. Moments when I was the prodigal and I needed the embrace of a father. And time and time and time again, the Redeemer immediately stepped into that with me. He never said, you go figure it out, I'll meet you over there. He says, no, I'm with you in the midst of it, and then takes it one step further and calls me for who I am in him. He doesn't call me for who I was. He doesn't see me for, who, for what I've done. He calls me for who I am right now, in him, in his love, in his embrace. Not incomplete, not rebellious or sinful, but covered, covered by his blood. Just like Ruth said, will you cover me? God covers us. And so I would ask the same question of you. What do you need to lay at the feet of your Redeemer? What do you need to lay at the feet of your Redeemer? Is it simply yourself? Is it, is it simply your sin? Is it simply those plans that you've had for years that you thought were gonna be the way, the truth, and the life, but in reality, God says, I have a better plan, will you let me lead? What are the things that you need to lay at the feet of your Redeemer? And I can tell you that when you come to him with vulnerability and transparency and authenticity and honesty, he will not despise that. 
He will carefully care for that. He will call you by your character. He will not call you by what you've done or who you were. He will call you for how he sees you and what your inheritance is as a son and as a daughter. In verses 12 through 15, it says this, but while it's true that I am one of your family redeemers, there is another man who is more closely related to you than I am. Stay here tonight and in the morning I will talk to him. If he is willing to redeem you, very well. Let him marry you. But if he is not willing, then as surely as the Lord lives, I will redeem you myself. Now lie down here until morning. So Ruth lay at Boaz's feet until the morning, but she got up before it was light enough for people to recognize each other. For Boaz had said, no one must know that a woman was here at the threshing floor. Then Boaz said to her, bring your cloak and spread it out. He measured six scoops of barley into the cloak and then placed it on her back. Then he returned to the town. The thing that that stuck out to me the most with this is that the Redeemer does not exploit our vulnerabilities. The Redeemer does not exploit our vulnerabilities. It's a seemingly small part of the story, but the fact that Boaz let Ruth rest with him and then also told her to get up early before anyone else saw her was not a shameful thing. It was a, I am willing to protect your character. I am willing to protect your vulnerabilities because you came to me in that vulnerability. And that is the same thing with the Lord. Being vulnerable and weak with God is not pretty. It's messy. It's, it's kind of uncomfortable as we walk through our messes with the Lord. And he is so intentional and steadfast and protective of us that he will never exploit that. He will never make fun of those things. Ruth is the perfect story of what a walk and journey with the Lord looks like, what the parallels between that, that in every season, regardless of how messy and broken and vulnerable we may be, the Redeemer cares, the Redeemer provides, and the Redeemer protects. The Redeemer does not exploit our vulnerabilities. In verses 16 through 18, it says this, When Ruth went back to her mother-in-law, Naomi asked, what happened, my daughter? Ruth told Naomi everything Boaz had done for her, and she added, he gave me these six scoops of barley and said, don't go back to your mother-in-law empty-handed. Then Naomi said to her, just be patient, my daughter. Until we hear what happens, the man won't rest until he has settled things today. My fifth point is, God follows through on his promises. God follows through on his promises. See, Naomi implied that Boaz was a man of integrity, was a man that had a good reputation where he would follow through on his word and would be intentional about following through on it quickly. You see, God is so similar in our lives that the world and so much of our minds and our and, and a lot of different um, negative voices will always speak lies of doubt and fear and insecurity and unsurety of the character of God. But we can stake our claim in the fact that God is for us, therefore he will follow through on his promises. And even if the timing seems off to you, even if it's hard to be patient, he will follow through on what he says. We can trust him to act. 
These last few verses challenge me a lot because I am constantly um, enamored by God's character in this, that he would follow through consistently even when I am so inconsistent. Oftentimes in my life and in, I'm sure in your lives as well, there have been people who have not followed through for us. There have been moments where we've been let down and disappointed, where we thought that someone was trustworthy and then they weren't. And the unfortunate thing is we, we mix up how God is and those people. We, we, we begin to blend those instead of realizing that God is in his own way beautifully, wonderfully faithful. And people sometimes are, I know I'm not, I know that I don't follow through on some things. I know that I don't keep my word as often as I should. But God follows through on his promises. Will you trust him to act? Will you trust him that he is going to come through for what he says? The final thing tonight as we, yeah, walking through Ruth, it has just been so cool I keep on saying the word parallel because it, it, just, it just doesn't, it holds so much weight for me. And I just feel like I have to keep on saying it over and over again to realize that there's so much that God is doing in my own life and there's so much that God is doing in your lives and he has more to do. And so my final point tonight is look at your life from God's perspective. Look at your life from God's perspective. We need to see our lives through the eyes of our king, through the eyes of our redeemer. We cannot know the end results of the story, but we can know that he's working, that he cares for us, and we can live a life absolutely submitted to him, and it will work out. So as I was preparing this, this sermon, I had this giant study Bible, and 10 out of 10 would recommend a giant study Bible because it has a lot of cool notes in it. Um, but as I was flipping through Ruth, on the last page of Ruth, it had this amazing quote, and I wanted to leave you guys with this, and this is what it says. To some, the book of Ruth may be just a nice story about a girl who was fortunate, but in reality, the events recorded in Ruth were, pa were part of God's preparations for the births of David and of Jesus, the promised Messiah. Just as Ruth was unaware of this larger purpose in her life, we will not know the full purpose and importance of our lives until we're able to look back from the perspective of eternity. We need to make choices with God's eternal values in mind. Taking shortcuts and living for short-range pleasures are not the way to move ahead. Because of Ruth's faithful obedience, her life and legacy were significant, even though she couldn't see all the results. Live in faithfulness to God, knowing that the significance of your life will extend beyond your lifetime. The rewards will outweigh any sacrifice you may have made. Will you pray with me? <clears throat> King Jesus, we, we love you. And we're so grateful that you are continually speaking through this book that you're continually speaking through, the library that is held within the Bible. And we are so grateful that you are faithful to us regardless of what we face and that you work through even the most difficult of circumstances. Father, will you help our hearts and our minds to be fixed on you this week as we go into this month, into the rest of 2022, and walk in that independence and freedom that you have created. 
Father, we are grateful and we're so thankful for how you speak. Keep our hearts close. We love you, Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to the FC Young Adult Podcast. If you are in the Billings area, we would love to see you at our in-person gatherings on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. If you're unable to attend in person, there are always ways to engage online. Follow along through Instagram at faithchapel.ya or find our ministry page at faithchapel.cc. You are loved.